welcome y'all. It's my favorite podcaster, Donna D and the Urban Mommy Podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe and share, tell a friend, and hit that bell to keep up with the latest updates because you don't want to miss what my girl got to say. I'm just saying. <laughs> the Urban Mommy Podcast. Let's go. Hello, everybody. This is your girl, Donna D, a.k.a. The Urban Mommy, and I am back with another podcast. Today, I am joined by Miss Rebecca Whitman, and we have a, a great, great topic for you today. We are going to be talking about burnout, which we discussed before, but it was so good that I thought that we should delve a little deeper into burnout. And this one will be from a woman's perspective. Um, and we will also talk about soulmates, manifestation, and and the likes. Um, Rebecca, thank you for joining. Would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Yes, thank you so much for having me. My name is Rebecca, and no one is more surprised than me that I got voted Life Coach of the Year and Top 7 Entrepreneurs to Watch by LA Weekly because I came to LA 22 years ago to be an actress. And I had, uh, yeah, I had small parts on big shows like Friends, CSI, and 24. And I never got my big break. And instead of being a waitress, I found myself working at children's acting schools, which I really love. And during the day while the kids were at school, I attended lectures by great thought leaders like Michael Beckwith, Abraham Hicks, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, and I studied the law of attraction and I started applying it to my job at the kids acting school. And before I knew it, I was making six figures. And the one area that I couldn't apply it to successfully was my love life. And I had uh, really painful relationships with emotionally unavailable narcissistic men. I decided to marry one, hoping he would change. He did not. I know you're not surprised, Donna. And three <laughs> years after marriage, my divorce started uh, to happen slowly, painfully, and expensively. He actually sued me for spousal support. I was the breadwinner. And as my marriage was unraveling, my dad was dying in a nursing home. Mm. And I would fly back and forth from LA to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I'm from. And I never knew which conversation with my dad would be the last. Mm. And in one of our last conversations, he asked me to write a book. And I had no idea what I would write about, but I believe the universe speaks through people. And sure enough, a few months later, I was sitting across the desk from my financial planner. He was looking at my stock portfolio, my real estate investments. And he said, Rebecca, I can't believe it, but you are having your best financial year ever. And this is the same year that you lost your dad and you lost your marriage. And I think you should teach people how you are so resilient. So I was like, yes, that's the idea for my book. So I wrote a book called How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time. And it's available on Amazon and Audible. And in the book, I divide life into seven key areas, which I call my seven pillars of abundance. And when you have your life aligned in these seven areas, you can be, do, or have anything you want. So now I'm happily married to my soulmate. 
and I empower women to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I call myself the magnetic abundance mentor. I like that. In fact, I was asking what, what could be the title and that's going to be the title from burned out to say it again, balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I love it. Okay. So that's what we are going to talk about today, guys. We are going to go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. All right. So with that being said, let's talk about burnout first. Okay. I know what burnout is because I experienced it myself. I am a recovering perfectionist and an overachiever. By the time I was eight, I was playing national level tennis tournaments. I graduated from Princeton University with honors. Wow. And I moved to New York City and I took my first sales job. And they encourage uh, doing the phone instead of uh, curls. Like they were like, don't work out. Just work, 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 make money, money, money. And my health really declined. I gained about 25 pounds. I wasn't able to date because I just didn't feel confident or sexy. I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, My whole life just became work. And I really burned out and decided that I couldn't live that way anymore. I wanted to prioritize my spiritual life, my health, my friendships. And I decided to turn over a new leaf and to stop making my whole life about work. And, and now I can still tend toward burnout because I still have those tendencies of being an overachiever and perfectionist. But when I feel myself getting tired, lethargic, irritable, not finding humor in a good joke or not appreciating a good movie or a good book, just feeling completely just exhausted and lethargic and cranky, then I know that I am getting burned out and that it's time to reel it back in, take a few things off my calendar and to prioritize my own self-care. I like to say that self-care isn't selfish. And when I feel like I've fill myself up first with self-care and downtime, then I have so much more to give. Okay. When you say spiritual, are you, you, do you, are you speaking of like religion? I think there is a difference between spirituality and religion. Mm -hmm. Religion is dogma. It's Mm -hmm. believing in heaven and hell and spiritual means you've been to hell and come back that you are connected to the divine. You don't need to go through a church or a Bible or a Torah or a Quran or anything like that. You have a personal intimate relationship with the divine, whatever you call it, God, love, nature, the universe. It's a personal relationship. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to, I just wanted to make sure because a lot of times when we talk about spiritual, you know, there's a very thin line between the two, but a lot of both of them have a lot of um, similarities. Yeah. So that's, I wanted to ask so that, you know, when I ask my questions, I know which way to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also uh, have another question. So I know you went to Princeton. Yes. Which I don't even think I ever met a real person <laughs> that went to Princeton. So, I mean, how was that? I, I can, I mean, on TV, it looks like it's pretty stressful. So was it that was that one of the first places you experienced burnout? 
It is. I was very stressed out there. Um, I got in to play tennis and I came from a Midwest public school mm-hmm. that was very just urban and, you know, very like just down to earth, salt mm-hmm. of the earth, Ohio people. And then I get into this Ivy League school where a lot of people are one percenters and they're the ruling elite and American aristocrats. And I felt very uh, different and apart from. And I accelerated my drinking, my abuse of alcohol. I had an eating disorder kick in. I mean, Uh. it was really bad. And I had a really... uh, bad nervous breakdown where I kind of did a fake suicide attempt. And up until that point, I was not on a spiritual path. I was an atheist uh-huh. and I was running my own show uh-huh. and I pretty much ran it into the ground. And then uh-huh. I had a spiritual awakening after that. And I've been on a spiritual path ever since. And that was 30 years ago. I'm just going to close my window because there's a lawnmower right outside. <laughs> no problem. Can you hear that? Yes. All right. Well, hopefully that helps. Yes. It's not that bad. Okay, good. Okay, so I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, mix. let's mix it up. Have some fun with it. Okay, because we are talking about uh, manifesting and stuff like that. So what does being magnetic mean to you? So the traditional way to achieve results is to push your energy out and to exhaust yourself, to chase, to control, to manage, to direct people, to manipulate even people to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Where I believe being magnetic is you don't have to chase, you don't have to convince, you are so connected and so high vibe and so fun and so joyous that people are just drawn into your world. They want to do business with you. They want to have a date with you. They want to buy your product, good or service. And feminine energy is magnetic. Feminine energy Mm -hmm. means that you are in receiving mode. You are receptive. Masculine energy means you go out and you conquer the world. So I have a nice mix of having both Cause you need both. You can't just uh-huh. sit there at home, you know, eating bonbons and expect to achieve results. So I actually uh-huh. have an avatar called elegant warrior. Uh-huh. And the goal is to be elegant, which is magnetic and draw things into you through the law of attraction, but also be a warrior, meaning be resilient, go after what you want. Don't be a doormat, be able to set boundaries when people are out of a line, be able to walk away from people that no longer serve your highest good. So that is, that is my answer. You want to be an elegant warrior. An elegant warrior. Okay. I like that. So I know you have the seven pillars of abundance. Can you speak a a little bit about that, please? Yes. So each pillar is in order of importance on how to build that balanced, beautiful, and abundant life. The first pillar is spirituality. I am a huge believer in having a morning practice. And I found a journal format many, many years ago, actually at a 12-step meeting. And the woman's name was Janet. I never saw her again. I think she was an angel. 
I've been following her journal prompts now for 30 years. I've added a few of my own. I call it my daily abundance journal. And with your permission, Donna, I'd love to gift that to your listeners because it's really changed my life. It has helped, it has helped me turn my thinking from negative to positive. And it really helps me kind of reframe my day, learn from my own struggles and learn from other people's wins. It's just been incredible. So I start my day with journaling, prayer, sometimes meditation if I have time. Sometimes I'll do meditation at lunch. Um, Then the second pillar is fitness. I work out five or six days a week, usually in the morning. So right after the uh, morning practice, I'll go work out. I really believe that body comes before business and that we can plan our day around our health because it's our number one priority. When we have our health, we have every opportunity at our fingertips. When we don't have our health, our whole life becomes about just getting our health back. Yes. So that, that is uh, the second pillar, fitness. The third pillar is emotions. And I believe all emotions come from scarcity or abundance. So scarcity emotions are there's not enough time, there's not enough money, there's not enough love, there's not enough attention, there's not enough good to go around. And abundance thinking is there's plenty of time, there's plenty of energy, there's plenty of money, there's plenty of good, and everybody can share. There's no competition. So that is emotions. The next pillar is romantic and your romance will affect your finance and every other area. So it's important to find a romantic partner who lifts you up and believes in you rather one who drags you down. I believe that criticism is the number one killer of relationships. Uh, The next pillar is mental. That means room to grow your mind, listening to awesome podcasts like the urban mommy listening to YouTube videos, audibles, taking a class, learning a a new instrument or learning how to cook or learning a new language. That's all mental. Uh The next pillar is social, having Uh a community, community builds immunity. And a lot of people are so lonely. They're at home staring at their computer or their tablet or their cell phone, and they are getting lost in their technology. We live in a high tech, low touch society where we're technically connected, but we need to actually have a community where we can like see people and hug people again. Uh, And finally, financial. Financial is the last piece of the puzzle. Everybody thinks it should be first. Everybody, and including me, I used to think I'll work, 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 make a ton of money, hire a personal trainer, look really hot, meet my soulmate, go on spiritual retreats, socialize with other couples and do our mindset work. But in my experience, it's been the last thing when I am spiritually connected, physically fit, have friends, have romance, am in abundance thinking, then I attract financial opportunities to me and I do it with ease and grace, not exhausting myself. And and that is the goal. So those are the seven pillars of abundance. Okay. And once you have all those seven pillars, then... It is easier to start the manifestation process? Well, the whole, you don't have to wait. I mean, you can start a, a morning practice right now. You okay. can start the abundance journal today, you know, download the, the journal on my link tree and you can start the manifestation process. I, I will bet that within 10 days, you'll manifest something. 
Wow. So you don't have to wait, you know, to get all seven pillars of alignment together. I've had, uh, I do free workshops and webinars. I've had people during their first workshop, like get their dream job. So it doesn't take like days, weeks, months, or years to manifest. As soon as you just make a shift in your mind that you're even open and willing to change your life and to have a balanced, beautiful, and abundant life, just the decision, things can start to manifest. Do you do affirmations? Yes, I'm a huge believer of affirmations. In fact, after every chapter in the book, there is an affirmate three affirmations. For example, in emotions, these are the three affirmations. I am feeling more peaceful every day. I enjoy being in the present moment and I am able to pause before I react. Mm. <laughs> that is big. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So when did you first start doing uh, manifestations? Well, 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 let me say this. When did you first believe that it was, that it can actually happen? Because a lot of times we may say, I want to manifest, I want to manifest, but we don't fully believe it. So it doesn't happen. So when was the first time that you knew it was real? I think when I was a little kid, long before I studied the secret or the law of attraction, I was going to this tennis camp that was out of town and I was like eight years old and I was like, I'm going to be the most popular girl at the tennis camp. I'm going to be the best player at the tennis camp. I'm going to have so much fun at the, literally I was doing affirmations before I even knew what they were and that's exactly what happened. I ended up having the best time at that tennis camp. So I think I discovered it intuitively when I was a little kid. But then wow. I started studying it in 2003. That's when I discovered Abraham Hicks and Wayne Dyer and, you know, started really uh, going to Michael Beckwith's uh, church called Agape and really uh -huh. studying it in 2003 but i i was aware of it i think for most of my life okay all right so when we talk about the morning practice which is very important what time do you usually get up in the morning that is such a good question because that has really changed because of my marriage because i married a morning person <laughs> i used to wake up at eight i was at the gym by 10. Uh, this was a schedule that I had during college too. I wouldn't do any classes or anything until after lunch. Like I was so <laughs> pridefully not a morning person. Now everything has changed because we work out together. So now I wake up at 5.45, sometimes 6, and I'm at the gym by 7 or 8, and I still make time to do my morning practice. I need about an hour and a half before I leave the house to do all the things that I do. I wake up, I throw my AirPod in, I immediately start listening to something positive on YouTube. Usually it's a uh, Abraham Hicks or maybe a podcast. Then I do my, you know, beauty routine. I get some lemon water. I take this yummy liquid collagen. That's the fountain of youth. The, the link is on my link tree as well. To get a discount on that, I drink my liquid collagen, take my supplements, get my hot tea, and then I do my journaling. I read out of a couple inspirational books, do a little prayer, and then I'm at the door. But all of that takes me about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. 
do you like when you're doing your beauty regimen do you usually like listen to stuff while you're doing it are you multitasking or you're doing one thing at a time the second i wake up before my mind can go negative i throw my airpod in so as i'm getting up i'm going to the bathroom doing my beauty regimen it takes does take me about 15 minutes to do um i'm list i've already listened to 15 minutes of personal growth Wow. Okay. And I'm actually glad that you said initially you weren't a morning person because some people may be discouraged from the morning practice because they aren't morning people. Like for the longest, I read, you know, I read several books and they always say you have to get up early, get up at five, get up at six. And I'm not a morning person. So it takes me a while, but I always thought that I really couldn't be as effective because I wasn't really a morning. I'm getting better, but I wasn't really a morning person. But I like that you said that because not being a morning person is no excuse not to have a morning practice. It might not be called morning practice, but you still have to have that practice. You could do a lunchtime or an evening practice or a bedtime ritual. As long as you get in the journaling, prayer, meditation, like a lot of times I don't have time to do my meditation, even though I give myself an hour, hour and a half, I don't have time to do my meditation. So I will do that at lunch to kind of restart my day. And I really like guided meditation because I can just sit there and close my eyes and rest. Sometimes I fall asleep, but I, I know that even if I fall asleep, the messages and the guided meditation are going into my subconscious. And I set a timer on my phone. I, I could do it for five minutes, 15, all the way up to 30 minutes. And yeah, so I just get it in when I can. Okay. So when you're doing your manifesting, do you just repeat it or do you actually like write it down and and do charts and notes to yourself? I actually have a really incredible workshop that is free that I do every January and I help I help people write affirmations in all seven areas of life. They get three affirmations for each area. So they leave with 21 affirmations and they are on note cards. And what I do is I look at those note cards in the morning. Some people look at them in the morning at night. Some people have them like all over their car or their bathroom mirror. I just look at them in the morning and I just throw on note cards. I look at them real quick. As I'm looking at them, I'm like visualizing, not taking a long time and closing my eyes. Just like as I'm reading it, I'm visualizing it. And then after I say the affirmations, I just say thank you. And, and that's it. I don't take uh, a long time with the manifestation process other than the note cards. Um, I also, sometimes I write out uh, a few sentences of what I want to manifest, what I want to create that day. If uh-huh. I have time, I'll actually write it down. And uh, one of the ones that I am working with now is I am totally open to receive God's infinite grace, love, and abundance. How do you work on, what are some practices, what are some things that we can do to work on our mindset? Because it's a totally different mindset that we have to go to start thinking about the positive. And like, for an example, I will tell you a couple of years ago, I learned about the 100 happy day challenge. Tell me about that. I don't know about that. Okay. So what the 100 happy day challenge basically you go 100 days and each day you have to find something that you were happy for, something that made you happy, just something, you know, a happy moment, happy something. 
but you have to do it every day and you can post it online 100 happy days and you know by the time you get through 100 days what I thought that I learned was I learned to look for the positive in each day Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, oh, I have a crappy day. No, we can't have crappy days because we have to look for something that, that was, you know, positive. So that was kind of a way that I trained my mind. I did it twice. That was a way that I trained my mind to to start looking for, you know, for being like for being more positive because I was I'm always a person that was full of anxiety. So I was always seeing the bad part. Oh, this can happen. You know, I was a Debbie Downer at sometimes. So I started doing that 100 happy days and then. I started changing. So what are some ways that we can do some techniques that we can do to possibly free our mind and become a little bit more receptive to manifestations? Well, I like that you mentioned that you had anxiety because when you're thinking about the future and you're too far into the future, it creates anxiety because we have no control over the future. What's going to happen? How am I going to pay my bills? Am I going to die alone? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to lose someone I love? Like there's so many things to worry about when you're in the future. And then when you're in the past, there's a lot of regret, a lot of beating oneself up. You know, I, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or I, I let that one get away. And that was my soulmate. Or I, you know, I messed up or, you know, the one that I often have is I should be so much further than I am right now. I thought my life would look so different, right? That's all about the past. So if you want to be open and to do the affirmation that I said I'm working with, I'm totally open to God's infinite grace and abundance. That is all about being in the present moment. That is about letting the past go because regret is a total waste of time. Nothing's going to change anyway, whether we regret it or not. (laughs) And letting go of the future because we can't control the future. All we can control is this present moment. So how do we bring ourselves out of the past and the future? We ground ourselves in our five senses. Where are we sitting? What does the chair feel like? What do our feet feel like on the floor? What are, where, where are we right now? Uh, What are we looking at? What are we listening to? What are we hearing? What are we tasting? And when we get grounded in our five senses, that brings us back to the present. And if the present is still too fleeting, if your mind gets really racy, just do the next step, the next right thing, the next right indicated action. And if you keep doing the next right thing and the next right thing and the next right thing, you will before you know it, be on your pillow at the end of the day and you you put in another day of God's work. So just keep doing the next indicated action if you can't find the present moment. And another way to be open to affirmations is to have an attitude of curiosity uh. rather than expectation. Uh. So when I have an expectation that is setting myself up for a fall, because I have very high expectations of myself and other people. And people do not have my script. They do not have my stage direction. So when somebody goes off script or exits stage left, when they should be stage center, then I get mad. So in order to be happy, I want to have an attitude of curiosity. Like, I wonder what's going to happen today. I wonder who I'm going to meet and what I'm going to say and what I'm going to learn today. 
And I wonder how something's going to surprise me and just being open to an unexpected miracle, being open to the unexpected is another way to manifest. Okay. Speaking of miracles, let's talk about that, that soulmate. So how did you find your soulmate? Were you one of those people that put together a list and said that you were looking for this person? Like, how did, how did you go about it? I did. I put together a list and then I went out and did it very extremely like I do everything. I was on five dating sites. I hired a matchmaker and I was just going on bad date after bad date. The people that I liked didn't like me. The people who liked me, I didn't like. I just felt really like I'm never going to meet this person. I just decided I'm just going to be happy alone because I had such a tumultuous marriage and it was so negative and just high drama. I was like, I just want to find peace and I want to be around positive energy. Um, So whether that is my dog, friends, whatever, I just want to be around high vibe, loving people and pets. And I let it go. uh And I decided to do a 90 day dating detox and just let it go, recalibrate. I wasn't going to talk about my love life, talk to men, just nothing. Just focus on my up and coming book launch. So I went to a party thrown by the owner of my gym. It was a backyard barbecue. And at the barbecue, I invited everyone to my book launch party the following weekend. And the only person that went was Ben and he showed up and he bought a book. And then he said, I would like you to sign the book at dinner. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, I'm six weeks into my 90-day dating detox, (laughs) and I already have a date. So I show up at the dinner date, definitely with a chip on my shoulder. He said that I showed up with like, oh, God, here we go again type attitude. And he really connected with me. He asked me questions. He helped me lower my walls, and we connected. We shut down that restaurant because we talked so much, and We've been together ever since. We got married on 12-21-21 at 12-21 p.m. because I really oh. like alignment. And now I teach women how to manifest their soulmate in seven simple steps. Oh, that's definitely something. That sounds like some gold right there. Yeah, it is gold. And uh, if any of your listeners are feeling frustrated in their love life or want to vent or get some advice i do offer a free manifest love call in the same link tree link that donna's going to be sharing okay do you believe that everyone has a soulmate i believe that everybody has many i believe you could have a soulmate friend you could have a soulmate dog you could have a soulmate uh teacher I think a soulmate is somebody that you met in a past life and you meet them and it's like immediate connection, like no need to make small talk. You're finishing each other's sentences. You totally just get each other and you feel a lot of connection with them, but yet you've only known them a short period of time. And there's a feeling of just comfort and familiarity and connecting with this person. Okay. So when you met Ben, did you find it easy to be in love again or were you still kind of dealing with the hurt from the past? 
I liked him because he was so just charming and fun and just a great person, but I was reticent. Like I, I didn't even know if I was ever going to get married again. Uh, I would have been happy just to have a life partner. Uh -huh. He, he really wanted the traditional wedding with the big white gown and all the people. Um, so he, he wore me down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was definitely resistant. I was just like, is this really like, is there really someone who's that nice? You know, cause I had only gone out with, I had the asshole syndrome <laughs> and I realized, wow, there are really nice guys out there. Ben's not the only one. So <laughs> if you're listening and you feel like there are no nice people out there, whether you're male or female, there really are. You just have to find them. And I had to change the way I talked to myself because uh -huh. when I was talking to myself in a mean, harsh way, I was attracting relationships where my partner would talk to me in the same exact mean, harsh way. Mm. And then when I started talking to myself with love and compassion and kindness, I attracted a partner who talked to me with love and compassion and kindness. So I, I do think it's an inside job and that nobody can fix you. It's about learning to love and heal yourself. And then you will attract someone who loves you the same way. Okay. So... I know when I'm talking to a lot of different people, when we're talking about dating and finding um, a spouse, they tend to say that the area that they live in is like contaminated. So do you think <laughs> it's necessary that, like you say, you may have to find them. Is it necessary that they, that they have to move around possibly? Well, if you it, were in Ohio and then you went to LA. Well, I was dating, I was living in LA for 20 years before I met Ben though. Oh, okay. I think wherever you go, there you are. Uh -huh. And if you have negative self-talk and if you have limiting beliefs around finding your life partner, it doesn't matter if you're in New York or LA, or it doesn't matter if you're in a farm town, you have to fix your own perception first. Uh -huh. I do think that if you live in a really rural town where everybody's already married, it's probably best that you are willing to go at least two hours out of your town. But I don't, I mean, America's got so many cities that within a two or three hour drive, you can be in a town. So right. it's definitely worth it to, you know, drive a couple hours to meet the love of your life. So yeah, if you have to go out of a tiny suburb or town, that's fine, but you don't have to like move across the country or relocate. I mean, here's an example. I had a friend who lived in LA and she said all the guys in LA are effeminate, they suck, they're just like not committed, they don't uh -huh. want marriage and kids. So she moved to North Carolina oh. and she's like, that's where the guys are way more marriage minded. Uh -huh. And she had the same exact experience. She made the, met the same jerks in North Carolina that she met in LA because she hadn't done her own inner healing first. Uh -huh. So it's definitely important to heal yourself first before yeah. you go to the relationship. Okay. <laughs> that that that's important. Um I'm just just thinking about it cuz a lot of times even like when people come when they grow up and they have trauma or they have abusive parents, a lot of times I hear the story that they find an abusive spouse or they find, you know, so they kind of find the same thing, but that's important. You have to heal yourself before you try to go into someone else. That's why the word is familiar, uh, right? Family uh, are. 
Yeah. Um, you also, you mentioned something called limited thinking or limited beliefs. Limited beliefs, belief, yeah. Can you talk about that a little, please? Yeah, so if you look at the seven areas that I laid out in the beginning of this interview, we have a limiting belief in each of the seven areas. Maybe for spirituality and having a morning practice, it's, you know, I don't have enough time. With fitness, oh, I've already tried every diet and every workout, nothing works for me. With love, all the good ones are already taken. So there are limiting beliefs that we have in each of these areas that are preventing us from getting this area to a level 10. So what I like to do, Donna, is to take the limiting belief and turn it into an affirmation. So if I, if my thing is, I don't have any energy in the morning is I have so much energy in the morning. If all the good ones are already taken, it's, you know, my person is seeking me right now, you know, whatever it is, you can flip it into the positive. And those are the affirmations that you want to work with. Okay. I definitely need, I'm, I'm taking my notes. I definitely need to, to, to think about that. So just kind of, um, pulling everything together. So if you had to talk to someone and just gave them, give them some quick advice, what would be some of those things you would tell them if they do want to go from burnout to balance, beautiful and abundance, um, do you want to, should they focus on the seven pillars or should they, what should they focus on? I would say uh, to focus on the first two pillars Mm -hmm. because those will lead to balance in all of them. Mm. To get some kind of a morning or evening practice where you can connect to a power greater than yourself that you can Uh do consistently. Um, I would tell them to build their day around their fitness. Uh And I would tell them to delegate the things in their schedule that are exhausting them. I like to say the three D's do it, delegate it or ditch it. There are certain things that we're doing at work or in our family, because as women, we feel like we have to do it all that we can maybe be delegating. I mean, you can teach kids to do laundry, make their breakfast, clean their room. I mean, mow the lawn. Like there's so many things that you could delegate maybe to your husband Uh, Maybe he could help with some of the driving and picking up of the kids. Uh There's ways to delegate to create more time and space for your own self-care practice. Hmm. So when people say that self-care is selfish, what do you have to say about that? I would say that self-care is not selfish because when women are burned out and exhausted and depleted, they cannot really show up and be of service to the people in their life. If they are burned out, they're not going to be a good spouse. They're not going to be a good mom. They're not going to be a good employee. They're not going to be a good uh, boss because they are just depleted. But if they fill themselves up first and they are taking care of their body and their mind and their spirit and they are joyous, then they're going to show up and be a better spouse, a better mom, a better coworker, a better boss, better friend. And to take the time, people might be resentful at first because you're saying no to them to do your self-care. But then when you do show up, you'll actually have so much more to give. Mm. And inside of that, I heard boundaries. Yes, saying no. (laughs) You have to say no. A lot of times people think that it's a bad thing. Like I'm I'm one of those people pleasers that always want to say yes, yes, yes. 
but it led to a lot of burnout. Yeah, when when your kid asks you for a ride and you say no, I'm going to the gym, find your own ride, you know, they're not going to like that at first, but you got to prioritize yourself and set boundaries around your time and your energy or you will burn out. And uh, no is a complete sentence. You yeah. don't have to justify defend or explain your no if somebody asks you to do something and that's when you've set aside your time for self-care or just even having some quiet downtime at home and you don't feel like going to a party i say don't do anything out of fear obligation or guilt if it doesn't light you up don't go should you make an excuse or just say no you don't make an excuse stepping into your power is saying no without making an excuse I like that. <laughs> I really need to. I really need to focus on that. But I have been doing better. I don't want to say saying no, but I have been doing better just not going to things that I'm like I just don't want to go. But I'll, you know, I always try to show up. But it's important, like you say, you have to set those boundaries because you have to think about you know yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You also mentioned um, when we first started. You said that something about six figures and side side hustle. Yeah, Can yeah. You we briefly speak on that before I let you go. We have, um, I have a program called Create Your Six Figure Side Hustle, and it's how to take your passion to a profitable business. Mm. And most people, most business coaches will tell you quit your job, max out your credit cards, you have to put yourself in a do or die situation in order to be successful. And that leads to a lot of stress, a lot of burnout, and many people fail in their own businesses. I teach people to keep your job so you have your bills paid, you have your insurance, uh -huh. and with your extra time and money, invest that into a side hustle. Uh -huh. And then it will either replace your income and you can do your side hustle. Or what I really like to teach is having multiple streams of income. Because if you have multiple streams of income, you're never bored. And if you're having a bad month, you know, in your job, maybe you're making more money in your side hustle. And I, you know, the top one percenters have seven to 10 streams of income. Wow. Okay. So how can people find out more about the information? I know you say you have a link tree, but... Well, a link tree will have everything on it. Is there a way that, you know, for the people that are just listening or they may just hear it, how can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H, Whitman, W-H-I-T-M-A-N.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Threads, Clubhouse, uh, Twitter, at Rebecca E. Whitman. And of course, uh, my link tree, which will have all the offerings and everything that I mentioned, uh, including the abundance journal, including a link to schedule a manifest love call or a breakthrough call if you're interested in more in money than love. And uh, yeah, let's let's stay in touch. And uh, in January, I'll be doing this free workshop where you get 21 affirmations to have your best year ever. And once you get on my mailing list, uh, just make sure that you are not 
uh, letting the emails go to spam. So you get, I do so many fun, uh, complimentary retreats, virtual events. Like there's just a whole world of abundance waiting for you. You just have to tap in. Yeah. She got to go get it. All right. So if you can go back and talk to 17 year old Rebecca, what would you tell her about life? I would tell her, don't take it so seriously to not care what people think about you and just to have fun. You know, it's, it's a journey that ends, you know, none of us are getting out of here alive and we take it so seriously while we're here and to have a, have a more joyous journey. Okay. All right. I like that. So everyone, we have come to the end of today's show and I hope that you all have an easier path um, to go from burnout to balance, beautiful and abundance. Um, this was a lot. And I'm, I'm glad that you gave this information. I can't wait to check out the website because I feel that there is so much beauty in what you, know, what you spoke about today. A lot of people deal with these issues and they just don't know how to deal with it. You know, they may think they know how to do different things, but hearing it from someone um it's 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 different so i appreciate you i appreciate the morning practice that you have because that's important i want to start that myself um i love it so is there anything else that you wanted to that you want me to say that you want to leave oh okay i got your your link tree i will definitely put that in there as well you want to tell the the guests anything yeah i will just listeners yes i will tell you guys to find the joy in the day and the simple things and to just stay in your five senses, stay in the moment. And if that's too overwhelming, just do your next indicated action and not to get too ahead of ourselves. I think we live in a very high anxiety world where people are very fear-based and very anxious and we can make a choice to stay grounded in the present moment. And it's a, it's a moment by moment discipline and I think that's where your happiness, I know that's where your happiness is, is in the moment. And I encourage you to find it. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So if the Lord says the same, guys, I will see you all next week. Thank you. Bye.